Hello and welcome back to Chasing Perfection, a UConn women's basketball podcast. We are back after a week off. I got sick last week, so we didn't end up recording. It wasn't due to any of the results that happened. But there is plenty to discuss, both news-wise, in terms of the way the team's playing, and looking ahead to the NCAA tournament. But the place to start is next season, because on senior night, UConn got the news that Paige Beckers and Aubrey Griffin were coming back next season. I think with Paige, it was pretty close to a foregone conclusion. I, th- I think we all ha- were able to read the tea leaves on that one and figured out that she'd be back. But Aubrey Griffin was a little bit of a surprise. Not the announcement itself. Gino accidentally broke the news the day before. But with her, I think if she stayed healthy and finished out the season, she would have... I Just uh, taking a random guess here. I think she would have been okay to leave and move on with her career, do whatever is next in her life. But I think the injury probably changed things. The fact that Gino said not long after she got hurt that she was asking if she had another year of eligibility was kind of a telling hand. Aubrey joked that everyone knew she was coming back. So either way, Paige is the big one, but I think having Aubrey back next year too, even dependent on when she returns, because it probably won't be opening night getting two veteran players back on a team that has a whole lot of question marks beyond those two is a really nice piece of business for this team. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, Paige returning means hopefully we finally all get to see the the Paige and AZ backcourt that everyone's been wanting to see for the past three seasons now that we haven't really gotten it. So that that's a big deal in, in, in and of itself, but also just senior leadership on a, a team that's going to have quite a few young pieces next year. Yeah, just having a Paige Becker's type presence. Yeah, that's... yeah, it's like kind of hard. It's like what do you even say? It's like it's Paige. <laughs> that... Right. <laughs> it it doesn't get more complicated than that. We know how good she is, and I think we're kind of seeing this year. She's hitting a little bit of a wall. There's a very clear line in the sand where she's only ever played this many games as a freshman and it was spread out across an entire season and we're only in late February and obviously her sophomore year was not a complete season. She didn't play last year. So I don't think it's a whole, anything surprising that it's, it slowed her up a little bit and that she's hit a little bit of a rough patch for, for her standards. She still scored 20 points and like, what four straight games now but next year having a full off season of being healthy and being able to build up her body and not coming off of that injury because that was still a factor early in the year I think it's still somewhat of a factor now this whole season is going to be about her first year back on top of just her own experience at UConn where I remember Gino said at some point I don't remember when in the year that she told him that she hasn't ever played or she hasn't played a full season or something along the lines of that. And it's the COVID year. Then it's her injured years. Now this year, there's still the whole recovery hanging over her head next year. Knock on wood, obviously, (laughs) but if she can just have a full normal year, everyone available, that's pretty much four years of college Her freshman year, a partial sophomore year, but it's not like she missed that entire season. This year and next year, 
so it it all lines up it makes sense and it'll just be nice to have that out of the way before the ncaa tournament starts then aubrey i think is a pretty interesting question mark because she gets hurt in january it would have to be a pretty quick recovery for her to be back in time for the start of the regular season even any time before january i think would be pushing it a little but with all the pieces that they have if they use those first two months to figure it out and then all of a sudden you can stick someone like aubrey griffin into the mix where yeah she was really good before she got hurt this year but if all goes well next year i don't think they need her to be at that level if they just get the rebounding and the defense and the scoring here and there and just that athleticism and energy off the bench that's going to be a really valuable addition for this team. So as long as she gets back early enough to get it going by the time March comes around, I think that's going to be a really nice pickup, even if it's not an instant, an instant. What am I trying to say? The return isn't instant. The the return on investment isn't instant. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really nice piece to, to know that you're going to get later on in the season, especially if this team has everyone they're supposed to next year, which knock on wood every time you say that, but they don't necessarily need her, like you said, to be at this kind of level that she was this year. But if you start getting even a fraction of that off the bench later in the season, that's just going to make you a step above where you were without her. Looking at the roster for next year, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. There's not a single player or there's not a single class that has the group that it came together with. <laughs> like there's someone else in there from an injury, a red shirt. It's a ridiculous amount of talent, but there's also so many question marks. So the backcourt will be Paige, KK Arnold, Ashlyn Shade, Caden Samuels. We've seen what they can do this year. Then you're bringing in Morgan Shelley and Ali Isabel next year. Freshmen, but pretty highly regarded freshmen. Then AZ Fudd and Caroline Ducharme, the big question with those two is can they stay healthy? And then the front court, there are a whole lot of question marks with, yeah, you have Aubrey, but she's not a true post player. You don't know when she'll be back. Ice Brady has shown flashes, but hasn't done anything consistent. You could say the same about Ayana Patterson, and she's coming off an injury. Jana LFI, LFI, I don't know how to say it, actually. <laughs> Meg Como says it LFI, and now I don't know how to properly say it but Jana she looked unbelievable before getting hurt but Achilles are so tough to come back from she's also never played in college how does that come out Ali Edwards could help out she didn't announce the decision to return on senior night she didn't I, I didn't get the sense one way or another from what she said post game the way she was talking that she seemed to be leaning in any one direction and Gina didn't seem to say anything, but you were actually there. What did you think? Yeah. I kind of got the impression that she probably just doesn't know yet. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see her leave. I think especially the way she's playing right now, she's elevating her draft stock quite a bit, especially over the last month. I think I did the math earlier today and she's averaging like 22 and 12 over the month of February or something insane. Um, so I think, you know, she's she's playing at a level where she absolutely has the opportunity to go and probably go high in the draft. But obviously there's an opportunity for her on this roster next year too. So it, it seems, I didn't get the sense that there's any decision there from what was right. said. 
Yeah. In terms of her career, I think it's probably just her time where UConn wouldn't be upset if she came back, I don't think, by any means. Right. But you also can't falter if she decides she wants to go. She wants to turn pro because it's been four years. She's really developed over the course of those four years. Because the Aaliyah that we're seeing right now is a level that we haven't seen from her before. So she's really even just taking it another step forward in the midst of her senior season. Because she wasn't doing this in November, December, even January. It's felt for a while like it's kind of time for her and it would make sense for her to go. At the same time, it's not like she's played in a normal season at UConn. So does she look at next year's roster, see Paige and Aubrey are coming back and think, well, let's just make a go at it and and see what we can do? That idea has been creeping into my head more often, but I don't know if that's totally something that is forefront in her mind it really does feel like once the season ends she'll sit down and make that decision but we hear that all the time from players oh i'm, I'm gonna wait until the end of the season to make that decision i'm just focused one game at a game at a time and we know when Paige was saying that that was absolutely not true but with, <laughs> with Aaliyah, i think that actually is a pretty valid statement yeah, I agree. I think she, I think what she said at the press conference was just like trying to stay in the present. And it really does feel like she's just trying not to worry about the decision at this point. On the other hand, Nika Mule does not sound like she's planning to come back. I thought she was a lot more emotional the way that she spoke, had a little more sense of finality to it. Really, not that they all didn't thank the fans, but I thought it, it just felt a little different with her. And then Gino coming out afterwards and saying his sense is that she's ready to move on, I think that's pretty telling. So it's not definite until she makes a decision, but it, it does seem like it's trending in that direction. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, that, that probably makes sense. Um, like, when you think about where she's going to finish in the assist numbers and stuff, like she's accomplished so much at UConn and like, there's already so much talent in this backcourt too, so like moving on probably isn't the wrong decision for her. It kind of, it makes a lot of sense. Also, I can't even take credit for this idea because it's my mother that said it. But like the situation with <laughs> Oli and Nika too is like they can't make money in the way that these other players can, staying at school with the restrictions from being an international student. So like there's there's more to be gained from leaving than someone like Paige, for example. Right. We see Nika every single time she goes home, all of a sudden the cameo uh, requests or the link to her cameo where you can request a video from her goes up immediately as soon as she goes home. And she is pushing that pretty heavily and it, it has to be quiet. It's not like she can't make the NIL money, but I think the whole thing is she can't promote it herself. She can't right. push it out. And that's the big issue. So. Yeah, and I think it's, like, they can't have, like, like she can make money from, like, the merch sales and stuff. I don't think they can have, like, the sponsorships the way that, like, Paige and AZ and even some of the other players on the team have the smaller ones. Like, Aubrey, I think, has a deal with, like, Wells Fargo. I think they can't have that kind of stuff. Right. Whereas, I believe once they turn pro, they could because then that would right. change to a work visa. Exactly, yeah. It's something to do with the limitations of a student visa. But, yeah, they were professional and playing in the U.S., you'd be on a work visa, so it takes away a lot of that complication. Yeah, and like you said, it's probably time with her, too. She's 
uh, someone else has developed over the course of four years and really how much more can she do at UConn? She's never going to be a great scorer. She's improved in that area a lot, but she's, I, I really think probably getting close to her collegiate ceiling and could benefit with playing professionally. I, I mean, give the WNBA a shot. I think she could at least have a chance to stick somewhere, but I think Europe is probably the most realistic path. Mm-hmm. Maybe she just wants to be back in Europe to be closer to her family, be able to get back to Croatia more than a couple times a year, which it's all hard to fault her for that. So it it's not a firm 100% conclusion because Gino said it's always possible for a change of heart, but it, it certainly seems to be a good chunk of the way there. Yeah, I agree. That was definitely the vibe I got from Friday. I also think that's not kind of nice, too, because Senior Night wasn't even the last regular season game at Gamble. It was the third to last home game. And even if it's not official, people can at least have their opportunity to say goodbye with any of these last home games. The Big East tournament, the three games, or the two games they'll play at home during the NCAA tournament the potential two games in Albany. We're talking about eight remaining games, at least within driving distance of Connecticut. So there's, assuming they get to regionals and Mm -hmm. the Elite Eight. So six to eight. So there's, there's a lot of time to kind of appreciate her and know that the end is coming. If if it is, instead of not, not a good example in terms of, connection to the program but just like all of a sudden Nazare Stevens was gone and no one kind of knew that she was going to be gone to have this idea that both Aaliyah and Nika could be gone I think is just there's a nice sense of finality to these last few games instead of it being totally uncertain agreed one thing though that could impact next year's roster there's one (laughs) main uncommitted player out there sarah strong the number one player in the class yukon is in the running believed by some to be the favorite and supposedly maggie vanoni from hearst reported that he went down i believe it was yesterday to see her play i saw a tweet from the game that she went like seven of eight on three pointers and the only one that she missed was like a full court heave at the buzzer. Obviously, she's a good player. She's the number one player in the class. She's only 6'2", but I I don't never have a great sense of a high schooler's game unless I've seen them in person, kind of like I did with KK or Cadence or Zabel. So the most important part of a big is rebounding and scoring in the post. But my God, if she is hitting those type of shots consistently from three, that is quite an enticing idea of her on next year's roster. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it's surprising that she hasn't committed yet. I feel like most people have made their decision by this point. And especially when you're of that profile. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where she lands. And obviously that would be a huge pickup for this UConn team, should they. They get her. Yeah, that would be one of their biggest front court commitments since Olivia Nelson and Dota, just in terms of ranking. Mm-hmm. They haven't gotten many top 10. Well, Ice and Ayana, but I think. 
ice getting hurt immediately as soon as she showed up on campus and Ayana dealing with an injury as soon right. as her entire freshman year, I think probably takes the, the excitement off, but still a number one player, I think is a lot different than a three or a four or a five, which I think is what all those players were. So something to keep an eye on over the next few weeks, whenever she eventually announces her commitment. <laughs> There's also the transfer portal, and don't ask me how this idea got in my head, but other players have that. This is the last year of the COVID year, and assuming we don't know what anyone is doing, I don't think anyone has formally declared that they're going. So just stick with me on this idea. <laughs> it's far-fetched, but I, I've had this idea that what if Cambrink decides to come back but doesn't want to play in the ACC. <laughs> so she's going to go play in the Big East? <laughs> well, more the travel aspect of the ACC. Ah, okay, about, okay. Stanford, where every single road game you're playing is going to be a cross-country <laughs> flight. That uh, cannot be an attractive idea. That's fair, that's fair. Okay, I was trying to figure out where you were going with that, because no, no, I was no. like, why would she want to play in the Big East over the ACC? <laughs> No, and obviously she has a national championship, but if she wanted another and wanted to play with a really good guard and doesn't want the the insane travel that's going to come with playing on any major school in the West Coast, I don't think it's actually going to happen, but yeah. that idea has just been stuck in my brain. Cam Brink playing for UConn with Paige next year. That would be literally insane, but... I also think that, like, Brink is probably, I would say, one of the players that I'd be most certain is likely to enter the draft. Yeah, no, it would... Same thing with Aaliyah. It's time for her. She's more than ready. She has really figured out a lot of the problems that hampered her early in her career. She, with Paige, staying in UConn, she's pretty much a lock for the number two pick in the draft, I would imagine. So... Yeah. Unless Caitlin Clark doesn't turn pro and she doesn't want to go play in Indiana or she really doesn't. Who has number two? L.A. So, like, if LA. you're Cameron Brink also, like, and Caitlin's going to go, then you get to stay in California, too. Right. I I don't think that would be a, where you pass it up. But it's yeah. just been this this idea that's been rolling around in my brain for a while and I, I needed to at least get it out there so that other people <laughs> could have this idea until she inevitably declares for the draft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's not to say that they couldn't get some other important front court pickup in the transfer quarter when that surely will create just as much chaos as it did this year. Right. And like anyone who said that they knew the name Dorka Uhast before she committed to Yukon is absolutely lying. <laughs> they have no idea what they're talking about. They no one knew who Dorka was and she proved to be the perfect type of big for Yukon. Obviously it took a couple mm -hmm. years. You really don't want that to happen here, but a Dorka esque pickup would be pretty much perfect for this team even if you do get sarah strong because you'd like to have a little size they like to have that one two game with their bigs and even if you have strong a, a transfer pickup having the pressure off all of jenna ice ayana for next season and just letting them be that third big i think would be 
pretty beneficial. Imagine if the team could just roll bigs off the bench. <laughs> Have we ever seen that at UConn? Maybe the Stewie years when they had Stokes and Tuck and Dolson. At Stewie too, obviously, but yeah. even even just those three, if all three of those hit, that's three pretty good big, or mm-hmm. would could be three pretty big big pretty good bigs, which would also be more than they've had since that first year Dorka was here with Dorka, Aaliyah, and Liv, and all three of them had their issues that year anyways, so. Yeah. It's intriguing. It is, for sure. Alright, well, enough of the future. We should really look backwards now to the South Carolina game, which we didn't have a chance to talk about afterwards. And my big takeaway from that game was the shrug emoji because watching that, yes, we, we can nitpick what UConn could have done better. They could have hit more jump shots. They could have defended better. They could have done this, that. But as the game went on, it really just felt like it didn't matter because South Carolina just had so much. They had so many answers to what UConn was doing. They needed a combination of playing a great game themselves with South Carolina South Carolina not playing well. And neither of those two things happened. I don't know. When you're down five players, and I, I know South Carolina doesn't have Cardoso, but Ashlyn Watkins is a pretty unbelievable player. I was <laughs> just incredibly impressed by her. Tahina Pow Pow, just unable to miss from three-point range. They just have so much that they can throw at you on top of being such a bad matchup for UConn. I think I I just can't get all that upset about anything that happened in that game or really feel anything differently about this UConn team because South Carolina was at such a different level and UConn is just so shorthanded that I maybe UConn could upset them if they played them a hundred times, but that's just you're just hoping that you don't see them again if you make a deep run in march and someone else can do your dirty work yeah exactly and i don't think there's any shame in it it's what every team that's played south carolina has had happened to them basically this year i mean south carolina struggled a little bit in their last couple games but that was more of a product of them not playing well than anything their opponents were doing so yeah i mean i think it's just there's going to be instances where you can see how shorthanded this UConn team is. They've got five season engineering injuries and against a team with what South Carolina has and the depth they have. It's just very obvious. It's how the season is probably going to end where UConn is playing a game and look, they could play poorly and that's why they end mm-hmm. kind of like Ohio state last year. But I, I still really think it's just going to come to they're playing a team that's good and they're playing well and they, they simply don't have enough to keep up. I mean, there are moments in that South Carolina game where it's like, my God, if they could just sub someone in to help, right. maybe this could be a little different. Like if you have Aubrey Griffin, then maybe you got a chance in this one. But they just don't have that. Yeah. They don't. <laughs> Ice has shown some flashes, but they've generally been against some bad teams. Caden Samuels is just really having trouble putting things together. Though I, I actually do think she's been a lot better in terms of the eye test where she's out there she's fighting hard for rebounds her rebounding has been pretty solid she's Mm -hmm. i think been pretty solid at moving the ball around so she's like i'm not saying she's useless she she can be a nice 
piece for you off the bench, but when you need someone to really come in and impact the game, I don't think either of those players are doing it. It's got to be an Aubrey Griffin or like a Caroline Ducharme, something like that where you know someone can score a lot of points. They can impact the game in much more than a marginal way. Yeah, exactly. And with all the injuries, UConn just doesn't have that right now. And like you said, it very well could be what cost them in March. It's yeah. But like you can say that about half the teams in the country too. So like, I just don't know. <laughs> My take right. on March is like, why not UConn? Because why not half of these teams? Like, I don't know. It's just a mess. <laughs> and assuming they get put in Albany, which we'll talk about in a second, but you basically have four home type environments mm -hmm. on your way to get to a final four. And then once you're at the final four, that's the final four. We've seen that this team struggles away from home and granted Albany is not home, but it certainly will feel a lot more like home than Portland or Seattle or Greenville or, you know, pick any random mm -hmm. city outside the Northeast. So there's still a handful of those teams that you really don't want to run into because I just don't think they can handle. And we've talked about them. The South Carolinas, the Stanfords, even the LSUs, the UCLA's. Yeah. They would not be a great, a great team for you kind of face, but it, it's still largely, there's two factors to this. It's going to be who you get matched up against which is generally true in every tournament, but especially this season, and just also how UConn's going to play on a given night. Because as we've seen, UConn can look unbelievable against some pretty good teams and really run away with it. But when they're not on their game, they can look really bad, and it can get away from them very, very quickly. So I, I still don't really think I know what we're going to see out of this team on a given night. Mm-hmm going forward and i don't think we ever will because you know what their floor is because they have a lee and page but beyond that it's just a lot of question marks yeah exactly i do think the one bright spot of that uh south carolina game was the way that Aaliyah played and that obviously we've talked about how good she's been this month but that she was able to kind of replicate that performance against south carolina and i know they didn't have cardoso but they still have a ton of size compared to everyone else that she plays against. So I, th I thought that was a really positive sign. It's it's not like... <laughs> to find the one base. bright spot. <laughs> right. Well, and it's not like... It's always a concern, because in the past, UConn would play teams with size, and their bigs would vanish. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. If With Leah, it all, it's like the inverse of last year, where she was unbelievable to start last year, especially with Dorka Hurt. And then February is kind of could it could argue it's what cost her getting a spot on the wall and why mm -hmm. she dropped to a third team all-american and this year she had a slower start to the year but has been not even a contest of her best basketball of her career mm -hmm. averaging over 20 points just a force on both ends of the floor and even if she's not scoring or rebounding she's still just making an impact out there so She's coming around at the perfect time, and if that can continue, then, yeah, this is... You have those two players, and Paige and Aaliyah, playing at their highest level. If that happens in March, then there's not a whole lot of teams that are going to be able to slow that down. Exactly. And I think once you get past South Carolina, 
There's a whole lot of teams where when you talk about them, you're talking about two players. So yeah, they're they're they don't have some of these other teams do just have quite literally more bodies that they can put out there. But like in terms of talent, there's a a lot of teams that are in the same kind of situation in terms of having two players that are leading it. And there's not many better duos out there than Paige and Aaliyah. I do think the freshmen will benefit from playing that South Carolina game too, because Mm -hmm. NC state is so long ago and even Texas it was a pretty long time ago where I don't feel like they were as established as they are now. Ashton felt like she was rushing a lot of her shots and maybe playing a little too, too fast. And KK wasn't her usual self. I think if those two can have that experience of playing in a hostile environment against a really good team, you know what it's like and they can work on figuring out how to have a better impact. I just think, that's why you play those games because the result doesn't matter as much as the experience of it. And if that's what you're comparing it to, there's no game that's going to be tougher than that between the environment, the team, everything. So everything should be easier. I, I really felt watching that, that those two were going to gain a lot from that experience. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think we've seen them, two of them, have some some up and downs over the last month in general, too. But, like, that's to be expected with freshmen. And I think, you know, hopefully it's happening now and it means it doesn't happen as much in March. Yeah, and it also hasn't been, like, a, a wall either. Yeah. It's more just been typical hills and valleys of freshmen instead of, oh, no, they haven't scored in five games. Right. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been any of that. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been a streak. It's just been here and there, and they both bounce back pretty well. And I think as kind of applies to the whole team, they've played a lot of games recently, and now they had we're in a six-day stretch without a game, mm-hmm. which really feels like it's going to benefit them, get them rested, kind of help them reset. Gino said before the Creighton game, their practice before, he thought they were tired, they were slow, they were sluggish, and he just didn't love the energy from them. He thought that carried over into the first half. Second half, obviously, they pull away, and it was a lot more what he liked. But you have these this this week off. You have that gap between the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. They'll have plenty of rest. They'll be plenty refreshed. I think it's really going to help them come March have have their energy back and not be trying to push through because, again, they only have seven players that they can rely on. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of the tournament, we had our first NCAA tournament bracket reveal last Thursday, and UConn certainly got put in the group of death, the Albany (laughs) One Regional, with South Carolina as the one, UCLA as the two, UConn was the three, and Louisville was the four. That is not a regional that would I would feel all that great about UConn getting to the Elite Eight in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, U- UConn wants to be in Albany, but they also want to not be in South Carolina's region in Albany. Honestly, the way things have already moved since last Thursday, that might already be true, and it's going to probably they'll move back there and then they'll move back out of it five times before we get to, to selection Sunday. Um but yeah, the UCLA in South Carolina in the same region was certainly interesting. 
Yeah, I would not be booking tickets to Cleveland in that regional. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there aren't many that I would be, mm -hmm. but certainly not that one. As you said, it it's going to change a lot, but I think we have a pretty good sense of where UConn's going to be. They're going to be on the three line. I don't think they're the bottom three seed. I think, no. yes, they don't have that signature win, but literally every single metric has them as a top six team. They have the number one strength of schedule. I just don't think not having, like what, they beat Notre Dame and suddenly they're on the two line? I I just think that's overreacting to small samples. Oh, absolutely. Um, but apparently that's what we're doing as a committee. I don't know. I just thought, like, I thought the reveal was interesting. I thought UConn was probably too low. But Colorado was way too high. UCLA was probably too low. I just thought there were, it was a lot of interesting things in there. <laughs> yeah, well, for a, a more updated picture, ESPN's Bracketology has UConn also in Albany, but in the other region from South Carolina, the other side of the bracket from South Carolina, Ohio State would be the one, which would be a very funny matchup. <laughs> UConn would be the three with UCLA as the two, Kansas State and Louisville as the four and five. I don't totally hate that for UConn. USC would be mm -hmm. very tough because I'm not totally sure how they would slow down Juju considering how their history of defending guards this season has gone. But the top of that region, maybe it's just because I haven't seen Ohio State enough, but I think this team would certainly welcome a crack at Ohio State again, especially you have Nika, Page, and KK to handle the ball. That would probably be a little bit of a different story. Yeah. I agree. I think, I mean, Ohio State has looked really good recently and why they ended up on the one line in the reveal, but I, I still think that it wouldn't be a horrible matchup for UConn. No. It's, and honestly, the the game that gives me a little bit of concern would be facing a potential six-seed Baylor in the second round again because... <laughs> They gave UConn some trouble last year. They're probably a better team this year, and I just don't think you'd want to play the same team again. Yeah, I don't know. Barrel's been in like a full-on free fall in the back in the Big Twelve. That's though. true. It wouldn't worry me that much. <laughs> I would honestly love to be in the regional on the other side. You got Iowa as the one, <laughs> NC State as the two, Colorado as the three. So swap with Colorado, and then LSU as the four, Notre Dame as the five. Oklahoma as the six. I'm not saying NC State would be some sort of cakewalk, but I would like to see how this team fares in a rematch with NC State because UConn is completely different than when they played in Raleigh. They had AZ. They had Caroline Ducharme. The craziest thing about that NC State game, Ashlyn Shade did not play. Mm -hmm. That is how far she has come since that NC State game. I think they very clearly got punched in the mouth. They didn't really have a great grasp of who they were as a team yet. Their identity is much clearer. Paige is a lot better. Aliyah is a lot better. The freshmen are a lot better. It would it would be a really interesting rematch. I don't know that UConn would for sure win it, but I would like to see it happen just to see how UConn fares against them again. I agree. I think that would be a fun rematch. Um... And one, I wouldn't be shocked if we get, like, I think everything's just moving so much right now. I'm, I'm updating mine tomorrow, but 
yeah, we'll see where they are when I do that. It'll be interesting. And there's another reveal next Friday. So we'll see how the committee has reacted to some of the results in the last two weeks as well. Personally, I think if Colorado was truly a one seed last Thursday, they're not a three seed now. Um, One game doesn't move stuff that much. Yeah. I think ultimately the committee probably finds a way. Like, I think UConn ends up in that non-South Carolina-Albany region, barring a bad loss here on out. But assuming they run the table, which, you know, that's the expectation, they're not going to move a whole lot. It would de- I don't think they would move down if they don't lose a game from here, kind of what I'm saying. So putting them in that other Albany regional makes sense because I don't think South Carolina is going to want them in their regional. Like, yeah, South Carolina handled them. You still don't want to play mm-hmm. a home team essentially yeah yeah i think they only end up in that south carolina region should there be just no other choice by the way that the conferences need to line up um but i think the committee is going to do everything they can to put them in albany and then hopefully in the non-south carolina region as long as it allows for it yeah it's I don't think it would be that complicated, though I wouldn't complain about having to go to Portland. I think I was complaining about having to go to Portland. This episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm now on board with the idea of going to Portland. Shocker. I love the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> but, yeah, it'll... I, I think I always hit this point in the regular season, and I'm there now. I'm, I'm over it. Can we just get to the postseason yeah. already? Like... <laughs> Even the Big East tournament, I do wish sometimes it was a little more exciting and, you know, maybe we'll be surprised and there will be some closer mm-hmm. games. But again, last year, UConn won every game in the month of February or like since South Carolina. Or no, I think in the month of February, it's average or it's total point margin was like plus 30. And in the Big East tournament, it averaged a 30 point margin of victory. Yeah. So UConn certainly knows what it needs to do once the postseason hits, especially Aaliyah and Nika and even Paige to a degree. So the coaching staff knows how to put it together. I don't know if you've seen their resume recently, but they know how to win <laughs> championships every now and again. So I think I'm just ready. Honestly, just for Selection Sunday. Just can Selection Sunday be this Sunday where we just know where UConn's <laughs> going? We know where where they're playing. It doesn't need to happen until the tournament starts. I just would like to know where I am heading. Fair. <laughs> Alas, it's a little less than a month away. It's St. Patrick's Day, right? March 17th. Yeah. Yep. St. Patrick's Day is Selection Sunday. So we will know soon enough. Yep, and then that week, you just because sit. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. At least, though, with the women's tournament, it's at home sites. We know it's going to be at stores. It's not like, right, oh, man, yeah. are we going to Nebraska? Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. We do at least know that game one and two, barring a total collapse from UConn in the next couple of weeks, is going to be <laughs> in stores. What would they even need to do, like, Lose two games, Butler or something ridiculous. I don't even think they play Butler again. But like lose to someone they really shouldn't lose to. Like if they go and lose to DePaul, then beat Villanova, then lose to Providence, 
Yeah, maybe, like, like two bad <laughs> losses in there, or they lose the uh, in the Big East tournament quarterfinals or something. But yeah, like I said, barring some like truly catastrophic losses, they're gonna be hosting. And they have again, they have Paige and Aaliyah. That gives them such a high floor. Right. <laughs> yeah, the floor is not lose to to Paul or Providence level. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen that they handle those teams pretty well. Even mm -hmm. last year, like they had a little bit of trouble with those teams sometimes this year that hasn't been an issue. Yeah, agreed. Stick a Leah out there with four kids that you pull off the club team and then you probably <laughs> beat those teams. <laughs> well, to wrap up, we will jump to the future again a little further to next season yukon is the headliner for the new women's champions classic and from the sound of the release it's basically going to be yukon plus other top storied programs that kind of rotate through the group is very funny it's at the barclays center in brooklyn saturday december 7th it is tennessee okay that makes sense second most championships and then noted champions iowa and louisville Louisville, I can at least get that's like a yeah a team that has but... had like historical success and made many Final Fours. <laughs> yeah, was this tournament supposed to be held this year? And that's why <laughs> yeah. Iowa's in it and got pushed back, and it just didn't feel like telling Iowa that they're uninvited. Yeah, because of the Kalen Clark has all signs of pointy two enters the draft. It's not going to be a particularly interesting matchup with whoever's playing Iowa. <laughs> yeah, my guess. This is a guess, but I kind of think this is setting up for a UConn-Tennessee matchup because they have a series with Louisville. They're supposed to play Louisville <laughs> next year in Kentucky. Why would you schedule this and have them play Iowa if Caitlin Clark's not back? If Caitlin Clark's back, then by all means, make it Iowa. I think it mm -hmm. should be Iowa. But otherwise, why would you have UConn-Iowa by 45 or whatever it would be? Right. Play Tennessee, even if Tennessee is not going to be good next year or whoever their first year head coach is. Who cares? <laughs> it's still UConn, Tennessee. We've seen that drives attention. There's still excitement around that. And especially to start this new early season tournament, I think it would be the perfect way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think just the, the names of that matchup will, will drive attendance and it. it feels like the right fit. I think this is the first time UConn's played at the Barclays Center too, right? Yeah, I think so. So that should be fun. Brooklyn's always a good time. Yeah, Gino said last year that, or early, I think it was, maybe it was media day, that they were hoping to play two, maybe three games at Madison Square Garden. I wonder if he just thought this was going to be at MSG and it ended up being at Barclays, so... They still might play a game at MSG, but just not this one. So now it's maybe only one or two. That's kind of how I think it might be. Gotcha. Interesting. But lots of trips to New York next year, it sounds like. Yeah. One way or that. another. <laughs> They're basically just covering all the major, like the, the pro sports venues in the New York area. MSG, Barclays Center, and UBS Arena. All the big there ones. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, that'll do it for this episode of Chasing Perfection. Thanks for listening.